0: the gentleman in this podcast requested that i keep his name and the place where he is a missionary undisclosed he um mentioned both his name and the place where he works a couple times in this podcast and that is what is bleeped out but i found this podcast incredibly helpful So I hope you enjoy. I think it was the theologians who first started the idea. Later, the philosophers took it over. And now, some of the scientists are doing the same. What you are comes out in what you do. You see the point? Out of ourselves and into Christ, we must go. This is Chats Under the Sun with Jacob Falk. I hope you enjoy the conversation. All right. So... What it? What are we gonna say? We're gonna call you Anonymous Joe. Is that gonna work? It's a bit. It's a bit. Uh, it's a bit that's dorky. But we'll go with it. Yeah. That's fine. Cool. Because we, we talked about this. So we are in the same uh, we're in the same Hebrew class, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, we we started talking about uh, the country that you are a missionary in, and you know, we just we had some really good conversations. And I said, hey, do you wanna do you wanna jump on here, do this podcast? And uh, you agreed. But we need to not name the country that you're uh, a missionary in. And we're going to keep your name anonymous too, right? Great. Anonymous Joe. I anonymous, like it. Let's go. Cool. <laughs> all right. So uh, walk me back. How, how did you... Well, first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know? Well, um, I come from a large
1: uh, family, 11 children. I'm the really? third child. Yeah, And I'm named after my, my father. And so I'm uh, uh, the third child and... Uh, uh, I was always a, always a very small uh, person in my classroom in grade school. And so I, I was a little, I guess, in, insecure about that. But I was good in sports, and that made me feel good. And so, uh, But when I got to high school, everybody grew and I stayed. I was a, as a freshman, I only weighed uh, 82 pounds. Whoa. And so I couldn't play. I was on the football team, but the coach, coaches never put me in a game. And so it was very discouraging. And uh, but my next year, I ended up. Uh, my friends asked me to go out for the wrestling team, and I uh, started wrestling in high school. So, uh, cool. first year I didn't do very good. I won three matches, only three matches, and one of those was because it was a forfeit. They didn't have anybody for me to wrestle. <laughs> but uh, I read the book by the Olympic champion Dan Gable. And uh, from Iowa, and it motivated me, and uh, that's when I, I started getting up in the morning, running a mile, a couple of miles, go to practice in the afternoon, wrestle, and then come home and lift weights. And I thought if I could be the state champion, that that would give me the satisfaction in my life that I was, mm. uh, I was looking for. And uh, my senior year, uh, I won the state championship. And, uh, but that, it was great. I mean, I I liked it and everything, but it didn't give me the satisfaction I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And then my life, I started going in the wrong direction. I started getting into partying and, uh, doing things, uh, you know, drinking and stuff and, uh, doing some things I shouldn't be doing. And, uh, I went to college, uh, and, uh, that's, I was on the wrestling team at college. Mm -hmm. And, uh. My roommate was a Christian, and uh, he began to tell me about Jesus Christ and how he died on a cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven, and that's when uh, also a man on the campus uh, gave me a Bible, and I started reading the Bible, and I began to think, uh, you know, that maybe uh, God's not way up there in the clouds, but maybe uh, I can have a personal relationship with him, and... So uh, that's when I really started thinking about God, uh, but my life was still going in the wrong direction. I ended up transferring schools to get an engineering degree, Mm -hmm. and I was on the wrestling team there. I decided to join a fraternity and uh, got into the party and stuff, but there was one man in the fraternity that uh, was a Christian. He, he He told our pledge class about Jesus Christ. And how if if you if any person's in Christ, you become a new creation. Mm. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And uh, not too long after that, uh, it was during what we call back then Hell Week. Now they call it Initiation Week. I went back to my dorm room. I was sleeping before that. I was sleeping in the the frat house. Went back to my dorm room. It was a Sunday morning. I was feeling so bad about my life. The direction was going. I said, I'm going to call my dad. I said. I said, Dad, come and get me. I want to quit school. And my dad, he was smart. He said, uh, you know, just think about it and uh, give me a call back at the end of the day. And when I got off the phone, uh, Jacob, that's when I realized God was pursuing me. He loved me so much that the last year and a half through my roommate, through the man who gave me the Bible, through my fraternity brother, that God was calling me and he had a great love for me. And, that, and that, that just broke my heart. I got on my knees and I said, God, I've messed up my life. I said, Jesus, I give you my life. And from that point, right at that moment, I felt uh, just like a, a big weight was taken on my shoulders. And I felt a great forgiveness, a great love and peace. I called my dad and I said, Dad, you don't need to come and get me. I, you know, Jesus has changed my life. Mm. And that was the start of my, my walk with Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, my family noticed it. I went home for the, the summer break, and my, one of my sisters said, Mom, what happened to these he's changed? And because when I came home, you know, and I was the third child, so there was a lot of younger ones, and I took them to restaurants, to movies. I began to show love to them, which I didn't before. I even had a, br- a brother who I, uh, you know, one time I, I used to hit him on the head one time. Um, I used to fight him, and, and I was real mean to him. I hit him on the head one time. Um, my hand got all swollen. Um, but I, I said, hey, I want to, I told my brother, I said, I want to take you to a restaurant. And I took him to a restaurant, and, and I, uh, you know, I said, hey, I'm sorry for being so mean to you, and I, I want to ask you to forgive me. You know, Jacob, he forgave me then, and also now he, he's a follower of Jesus Christ. Awesome. Yeah. So that's And then I went back to college, and I, I had some roommates from uh, different countries, uh, and I began to meet people from different parts of the world, and I began to have a heart for uh, different cultures, uh, different nations, different people. And, uh, and I actually... Uh, after not too long after that, uh, I, I ended up getting married. Not too long after that, I went to actually went to the University of Arkansas, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a team that went there to start a campus ministry. And uh, I began reaching out to international students. And uh, <laughs> well, uh, uh, the the way it started was this: as we started this campus ministry, and nothing was really going that well. And I, one day, I was praying. I said, God, you know. What's going on? What can I do? And I I got this idea just because uh, some other people were doing. It. I I thought maybe I should go talk to the international student director, at the and I went there into his office at the University of Arkansas and I said, Hey, is there anything I can do to help? Hmm. And he about you know he about was in tears because he was like. To, you don't understand. The, I have all these new international students, and they're all homesick, mm. and they're having a hard time. Could you just go visit them and talk to them and maybe take them to the grocery store and help them out uh, and show them around the city? And so I began to do that. I actually, uh, two people from Sri Lanka uh, took went to their room and helped them out, and that, he was right. One of them broke down in tears. He was so homesick. Huh. And so from that point... Uh, me and my church, we began to reach out to these international students. We invited them to our dinners, uh, and uh, some of them actually visited our church, and uh, we became friends with them. And that's when I began to really get a heart for missions. And uh, from that point, it just got bigger and bigger. I actually ended up leaving there and going to Arizona, University of Arizona, and uh we started the same thing, and we saw the same results. International students, we helped them. They, they, they. Uh, we became friends with them, they, and then they were eventually open to the listening to the gospel. And then we went to Arizona State, and that's where we saw the biggest results. Uh, we ended up having a Thanksgiving dinner one time. This was after several years. The biggest one, oh, over three hundred people came to this, and about about 100 about 120 church members and the rest were international students over wow. over 200 international students yeah and uh what happened is I met uh, the president of the Taiwanese uh, student organization on campus and invited him and I didn't know he was a president he said oh I'm the president uh, can I invite all the Taiwanese students I said yep. yeah and so we had we had a lot of students from Taiwan there. And actually, he ended up, uh, I ended up doing a Bible study with him. Over the course of time, he accepted Jesus Christ. He got baptized, and now he is an elder in his church in uh, Southern California. Really? Yeah, I, I talk to him occasionally, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He has a business there in, in South Carolina, and uh, yeah, he's a... a I think a chiropractic, uh, bi- uh, uh, business. Yeah. 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 Cool. So it's, I tell you, that's, uh, that's uh, the start and I have a, no- a part to that story, but I want to give you some time if you have any questions and talking about uh, later in my life, how I got in- involved in missions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, this is really fascinating cause I didn't know actually, we didn't talk about any of this beforehand that you had a long time in campus ministry first right yes yes yeah and then um no just just keep going part two keep keep following your life along
1: that's where i that's where a lot of foundations were built in my life is through campus Mm. ministry fellowship of christian athletes uh, campus crusade uh, other i was in another college ministry there too that really focused on not just sharing the gospel but once you share the gospel what do you how do you disciple a new believer mm. and that's something that i've i've carried on with me and uh and so part two is basically uh i uh you know i ended up you know getting married and having uh two children and got kind of busy and i got away from from doing uh uh campus ministry international student ministry i was just really busy mm-hmm. but over time uh, I would say uh, approximately about 15 years ago, no, approximately 20 years ago, God began to. When I, I began to have a little bit more time, I began to have a desire to to get back, and I I, I, uh, I took my family on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. We went to South Africa. Uh, a friend of mine was there, and and then I began to pray, and I began to to do things. Uh, Got it. Get got more involved in my church. Uh, started helping with the men's ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started uh, my church started going on mission trips uh, down to South America, down to Nicaragua, and I went down there to Nicaragua, and uh, oh man, it was a medical mission trip, which is or some of the best, you know, where you mm-hmm. you're really actually seeing people helped you know yeah. like an optometrist goes gives out glasses yep. and the people immediately can see and you know it's just uh but at those we always uh have time to share the gospel with the people too and actually at one mission trip uh me and another uh, <laughs> this is a funny story i i uh, uh in Nicaragua, the children are all in the in the streets, you know, mm-hmm. walking around, wanting to play different things like that. And uh, one that on that mission trip, I thought, how can we get their attention? And I remembered I had this thing that I did when I wrestled. It's called push up poker, where you take Dan Cable used to do this, an Olympic wrestler. You, you take a, a deck of cards, you turn it over, and whatever it is, like if it's eight, you do eight push push-ups. Right if it's if it's a, a face card you do ten push ups if it's an ace you do eleven push ups and so uh you play we started playing that game in the street and we got this big crowd of young people there in Nicaragua and then I would talk to them about my wrestling and how I came to know Jesus Christ while I was a wrestler huh and it was just amazing you know and we 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 had a big crowd and we were able to share with them yeah about uh how my life how Jesus Christ changed my life. I love it. And so that's when I really started getting the heart for missions again. It right. was like rebirth. Right.
0: And how how old are you at this point?
1: At that time I would have been in my forties, in my mid forties. Okay. Yeah. And so then uh I started doing a few more mission trips maybe up to about two a year. Okay. And I, it was I was working a full-time job and I would do this like on some vacation time different times. And uh, we went to Honduras the same with the same group. Mm-hmm. Uh we went to Honduras and one one uh year uh, actually, well, then my son, my son started doing mission trips. He went to Mozambique, and he actually met a uh, a youth pastor on that mission trip who was from South Africa. And then when my son... Uh, my son actually wanted to go on a mission trip down to South Africa to meet him again. He mm. met him in Mozambique and he wanted to and so my son and I went to a mission trip to South Africa and we reached out to the schools and we played the same game, the push up game and, yeah. and they loved it. And the ladies we had like jump rope for them and yeah. so and it just it was just worked well with my testimony since it was uh I, I became a Christian
0: while I was doing sports and stuff. Right, right. How long are these mission trips on average? Uh
1: most of the trips to South America were like one week. Okay. But whenever I fly more, you know, like to South Africa, that was more like a, a nine day trip. Okay. And then, uh, and that, that was longer, uh, you know, for those type of trips. When you go on that side of the world, yeah. I, I recommend going more than a week just because of the jet lag and stuff like yeah. that. I, I usually like to say, hey, take two weeks off work, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, there was one year that uh, I didn't know where I, I, I didn't know where to go. You know, I didn't. I, it, nothing was working out for Central America, and nothing was working out. And uh, I decided I was at seminary. I actually joined Southern Seminary and was going there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I met a man that was swimming who was from India, and he was he was going on trips to. And he began to tell me about that. And I said, "Well, hey, can you?" Uh, can you, uh, you know, tell me more about that? Yeah. And so, uh, and so this country in Asia, uh, he was going to this country in Asia. I, uh, I began to uh, pray about it, and uh, I bought a ticket to go to this country in Asia. But, you know, what happened was uh, they, I bought the ticket. It was non-refundable, but they changed the date. And so I had a ticket to go to this country in Asia, but it, it didn't, uh, I didn't have anything to do. And so not too long after that, I met some people from this country and they connected me with a, a program in their capital city and I began to reach out to, this, uh, to the poor people in this capital city and mm-hmm. we, we had a program there for a week and that was my first uh, trip to this country.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. We're, uh, we're gonna have to bleep out the name of that country. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. So you started going to this country in, uh, is it Central Asia?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Um, so you just started going there on short-term mission trips. Yes, 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 yes. And then that grew into longer term, right?
1: Yes, yes. Now, there's another little story I need to tell you. That uh, after my kids uh, were out of, uh, got out of high school, um I felt free to to get back into doing some of the the campus ministry. So I moved close to the university uh, mm. the university here in the, in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, I began to reach out to international students. And uh, I did not know also, uh, you know, there were students from all over Asia, and I began to reach out to them. We began to have pizza parties, uh, different things, and. Uh, and I met many, many, many students there. And I, I've developed many good relationships mm-hmm. and actually be, did Bible studies with some of these students. And uh, that's when also I began to do ministry. You can do missions, you know, here in America because there's so many internationals here. Mm-hmm. Like in the, in the city of New York, well, New York City, uh, Jackson Heights, is probably the most diverse area in the world they say 48 of the pr- people uh, that live in Jackson Heights were not born in America. Right. And so... 48%? Uh, yeah, 48%. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, all, if, you, if people have a heart for missions, uh, you, don't, don't, you, you can do it right here in America.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, right here in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, you know, there's many... Uh, uh, just last, well, actually, last uh, Friday night, there was a group of us that had a dinner... For uh, refugees here in Louisville, really giving out food. uh, uh, They were playing soccer, different things, and we had uh, a lot of a lot of families from uh, Africa. Yep. And actually, Central America came. Mm -hmm. We had a cookout, and it was it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I um, every either every Thursday, every other Thursday, I have to figure out my schedule yet, but I go play soccer with some uh, some refugee children um, just down. I don't know Louisville, or Louisville very well, but it's uh, down southern part of Louisville, I think. So I got I got connected with a guy from Emmanuel, and so there's a whole bunch of different. I think a lot of them are from Uganda. Um, there's just yeah, there's just some different kids there, and so we go play soccer. It's like a ton of fun, but it gives an opportunity for the parents to kind of take a bit of a break and sit down and chill out for a bit while we you know we play soccer with the kids, do a little Bible study, give them some freezies. It's a lot of fun, so. Like you said, there's opportunities to reach different parts of the world, while staying local.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, <clears throat> there's, you know, one thing. Uh, one thing that I did also uh, before I started going on the mission trips. One thing I want to take a step back is, I actually, uh, uh, when I went to uh, Nicaragua on my uh, fourth trip, uh, I actually uh, had so had a. Went through a difficult time in my life. Uh, mm. Actually, the, the, my wife uh, of 23 years at that time, she, uh, she, she wanted to get a divorce, and it totally mm. blindsided me, totally blindsided me. It wasn't anything on my part, but, uh, you know, I went through that divorce. So uh, at that time, I had to stop doing uh, ministry, mission trips and stuff like that because I need, right. needed to take care of my children. And But one thing that happened is I had a friend that also went through a divorce a couple of years before me, and he was involved in prison ministry. And uh, I thought, may, I asked him, I said, well, maybe that would be something good for me to get involved in. Maybe that would help me, you know, get through this difficult time if I was giving out, you know, hmm. to other people. And so I went uh, one Friday night with him to the prison ministry, and I, I saw all these prisoners uh Singing and worshiping God, I thought, well, man, I can do that too. Hmm. You know, even though I've been been through a difficult situation, I began to uh, get involved in prison ministry. Okay, and uh, and it was a great blessing for me. Right, and probably probably the thing that uh, was even greater was not uh, after a year of doing that, I got asked to be a part of the youth jail ministry in Lou in York, in uh, Louisville City. Right, and uh, Man, every Saturday we'd go and talk to those young people. These were youth that uh, committed crimes that uh, you know uh, some pretty bad crimes, and they were anywhere from uh, fourteen to seventeen and minors. And uh, they would let us go in there every Saturday morning, and we could share. We would share uh, scriptures out of the Bible and uh, and talk to them about Jesus Christ. Hmm. And it was it was a great time of ministry, and that was something that filled the gap. There was a gap in my life for probably about 6 years why I didn't do any mission work. Right. And cuz I I couldn't uh I needed to stay home, you know, with my yeah. kids and yeah. and plus uh it was a tough time uh financially, you mm. know, so. But uh God brought me through that difficult time. And that's something that I want to share with uh anybody out there that uh you know, that scripture that God causes all things to work together for the good, mm. for those who love him mm-hmm. and are called according to his purpose. Uh, That—that's the scripture to help me through that difficult time. One of my friends, a wrestling buddy who's also a missionary to uh, Africa, went when he heard I went through that divorce. He called me and gave me. He said, "David, I know you heard this a hundred times, but I want to yeah. share this scripture with you. Yeah. And uh, and that's so true that. Not all things are good. That that scripture doesn't say all things are good, but it says God causes all things to work together Mm. for the good, for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. So that's a scripture for those who are loving, that uh, have a relationship with God or are called by him. Mm. That's a a promise you can hold on to.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. So you go through this really tough time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And— then six years, you, you're you're staying local, taking care of your kids, and then what what starts getting you back to foreign missions? And how how old are you and how old are your kids when you start kind of getting back into that headspace?
1: Uh, I would say uh, let's see, my daughter. Let me take that would be uh, about twelve years ago. Okay, I started uh, right around two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Uh, when my children uh, got out of high school, right, and that's when I I decided, and this was probably uh, Jacob, probably the, the the door that opened everything was I decided to 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 move close to a, move in an apartment close to the University of Louisville, mm-hmm. and so when when that happened, uh, I didn't know that I knew there was. Uh, different students there but I didn't know I was going to end up meeting students from a country that God was going to eventually call me to. Right. Yeah, and they and I uh, this country in Asia basically uh I started meeting these students. Uh first of all, uh I went on a trip to that country. Uh it was great. Then I met these students in my apartment from that country from in in uh In Central Asia. And they began to invite me to their weddings in their country. Right. And I worked for a company that could actually get me close to there uh, for free. I was an engineer with uh, UPS Airlines. Okay. And uh, I worked for the airline, so I was able uh, to—we had a benefit of being able to fly uh, on those
0: airplanes. and uh, Now, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That you could work for, for an airline company as an engineer. Is is UPS? Are they an airline company?
1: UPS uh, at the time when I worked there, it may be different now. They they ha- they were like uh, two companies in right. one. You know, they they have like the the ground company, which yeah. headquarters is in Atlanta. Yep. And then the airline, where the headquarters is in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And so if you work for the airline, you were able to get different benefits. And, right.
0: Right. And that that allowed you a level of. Freedom, I guess, to be able to fly to some of these places.
1: Yes, God was opening up many opportunities for me, and and uh, and so then I started going. uh, I started going on trips to this country in Central Asia, and basically, uh, I got invited to a wedding in this country, and uh, at the same time, I got invited to this wedding. At the same time, my company offered me retirement. At the same time my company offered me retirement, uh, my parents decided they w- were going to move to a city where there were five siblings and before they were in a city where there were no siblings. My parents that were el- are elder- elderly, my father's now 95, my mom's 90. And so like in a matter of, a of, it was in, actually in a matter of one day, uh, my f- uh, guy was saying your finances are being taken care of your parents are being taken care of, your company's off in your retirement. You, and then I went on this trip to uh, this country in Central Asia and I ended up meeting pastors in this country at a certain part of this country and they, they wanted, we all were saying, well, maybe God's calling us to work together. And that's when I decided to go, uh, that God was calling me to full-time missions.
0: That's straight up awesome. Did you uh, did you go through any sending agencies, or did you just you just go and and start well, work
1: there? Actually, my sending age, my sending, my local church, is the one who uh, ordained me okay. as a missionary, and they actually support me with prayer support, and also now they they financially support the work in the in the country I'm I'm going to, and and uh, so they're pretty much the sending agency, but I am with a group in that country, which is a church planning group, and it's uh, actually uh, a friend of mine that graduated from the same school that I go to. He started it, okay, and uh, we became friends, and I actually have been involved in this group ever ever since it began, and uh, now we have anywhere from 40 to 50 to 60 uh, church plants in this country, and... uh, Dang. A lot of young pastors. I uh, I work with a lot of young pastors who who, who are great, have a heart of gold. Uh, they just don't have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm able to mentor them, encourage them, uh, disciple them, and uh, and some of these pastors have more than one church. Like one pastor has three churches. He pastors. Another one has. Has two, and he's working on his third church, and so uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what's happening yeah. on the mission field. Yes, yeah, so I want to encourage, uh, and I just encourage anyone out there, listen, to take the take the first step. You know, if you have a heart for missions, uh, look, and and if you're in a big city, look for the refugees. Uh, where are the refugees? Uh, Look for, uh, if you're in a college uh, campus city, look for the international students. Uh, all the internationals, they love to have an American friend. They love it, and and uh, a lot of them uh, would love to have a friendship with you and uh, get involved. Uh, if you like to play football, play uh, what yeah. I call international football. <laughs> we call it soccer, but it's really the true football, international football. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I have a lot of friends. Um who use sports as a way to connect with people right so I there's a guy uh, Adrian Faber back home who spent a lot of time um, in some spanish-speaking countries and he when he comes back he his he has a decent grasp maybe a pretty good grasp of Spanish and so he finds um, you know different Latino populations in his city to have, to play soccer with and build relationships with actually I have another friend of mine too who um, who he's actually Warren is actually coming, uh, coming on Friday. So, a buddy of mine from Canada is coming down. Oh, great! He plays he, wow. plays. he plays. a lot of soccer with like a whole bunch of different people, but different. You know, different cultures. Soccer is so universal that like well, people will gather and play, right? And it's a really authentic way to to build the relationships because you're on the same team. You're you're playing sports. Like it's great. You know, yeah. it's not quite my forte per, te, per se. I'm not much of a not much of a sports <laughs> Me guy. Me too. I play goalie usually, and they
1: had to take my glasses off because one time they blasted me in the head. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, uh, I've had some volleyball snaps from glasses before. It's not a, these things are that helpful eh, sometimes. But so how, um, going back to, to your country, um, how long did you spend there or, or what periods were you there before you had to come back here?
1: So what I did, I uh, started in uh, 2019. I actually was there for, I got for five months the first okay. year mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and, uh, lived there. And then the uh, second, and so and then I came back and I actually, uh, did work in, in New York City the rest of the year. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then the next year I actually got caught with, uh, got during COVID I was there and I stayed actually nine months. Okay. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, uh. And then, and then this year I was actually there five months, and then came back, and now I'm gonna finish up my school
0: and graduate. Yeah. yeah so. Gotcha. So you've been um, kind of chipping at this MDiv kind of the whole time.
1: Yes. Sort of? Yes, I, uh, I. I'm not the longest student because I already <laughs> found somebody longer than me. But yeah, I've been at it for 15 years. Yeah. And uh, I just take. Uh, I, I I started with the. Uh, it, I think it's called the MA, which is uh, half of a MDiv, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, "Well, I'll just try. I'll start that." And I started doing that, and I'd taken one class a semester. Uh, I was working full time as an engineer, so I didn't really, uh-huh. really had the extra time. And so, uh, but I just started doing that, and uh, as I got finished with the the MA program, so well, I think I am going to keep going and get the MDiv, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a long road, but I tell you it's been great, you know, and, and I've been able to apply a lot of the stuff cause it's, uh, you know, I'm just taking one class and mm-hmm. it, and, it, and I'm able to learn it. Yeah. And, uh, also we encourage anybody out there if you, if you have a desire for ministry and, uh, you know, I, I encourage you to, uh, think about, pray about getting some more education and, mm-hmm. and uh, it yeah. definitely was helpful for me. Every class, and not just the class, but the, the people you meet. Yeah. And uh, that's how I met the the man that uh, talked to me about going to the country in Central Asia. It was on the seminary campus. Really? Yeah.
0: That's that's awesome. Yeah, you and I are taking very different uh, tracks when it comes to the education, because <laughs> I'm here full-time, overloading on courses, knuckling down, right? and and that that has its own benefits. oh, and yes, then yes, your yeah. side is like you're gonna you're gonna minis- do ministry, do work, and just kind of chip away at that and just learn slowly as you go, which is awesome because you've managed to do a lot in that amount of time, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. there's benefits, and it depends on your situation. Uh, mm-hmm. There's pros and cons to both ways. Uh, if you take the long way of course, uh, you know it it, it it takes longer to uh, you know the price. Is with inflations going up and everything. So yeah. if you take do it faster, it, it will be cheaper in the long run. And but uh, yeah, for learning purposes, it, it's been great for me. And it's, it's, I'll give you an example uh, uh, Last year I took a, a class in uh, Christian leadership mm-hmm. And when I got back to this country in Central Asia on the mission field, uh, they wanted to have a pastor seminar. And so I, I, all that stuff I learned in Christian leadership. I was able to share with them at their uh, leadership uh, conference. I love it. Yeah, so.
0: That's, that's, I mean, and that's how it should be, right? Like,
1: I mean, yeah, there's, there's yeah.
0: different reasons to go to seminary, right? Some people are here because they're building toward a PhD and they're building toward, you know, some academic stuff. But the primary goal of the people here, I, I think, is to give us skills and knowledge to then apply right away. And that's really cool that you can literally do a one-for-one transfer like from one course to a situation where you directly use it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like the first year, uh, the first trip I went to Nepal, uh, I taught on, uh, I, I actually I had a class, class on evangelism uh, in my, on my MDiv. And that first trip, uh, they asked me if I could do a seminar. I said, yeah. And I did a, a seminar on evangelism and prayer. And so everything I learned in my mm. evangelism classes, I was I was adding into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what um, when you're in your country, um, what are you primarily doing? Like, what's your what's your kind of like my like, day look like? Yeah. Right? Like between nine o'clock and two o'clock or or six o'clock, whatever. Pick your times. Like, what's what's kind of filling the majority of your time when you're over there for you in your in your situation?
1: Well, what I like to do is focus on a an area. You know, like a. a I like to uh focus on a I like what I primarily like doing is going to a village area, meeting people and and building that trust. And so my day, you know, I pretty much people get up early, you know, and so I get up pretty early. I I spend time in prayer. Mm. Uh I fix me some snacks. I didn't have I didn't have any type of uh Uh, cooking you know uh, like ovens or anything in my room but I I had snacks that I could rarely eat fruit stuff like that and then uh, at that time I uh, maybe study a little bit study uh, the word Mm. uh, study the language Mm -hmm. and then I would uh, then I would go and have some uh, something to eat with my friends at their house they would cook for me and then after that I would usually go to uh in the evenings was the best time to meet with people, and so I would go and meet neighbors. Uh, one one thing I would do a lot of times with the high school students is they love to practice English, right? And so I would practice their language, and then they would practice English. And so we would I would they would I would say say this in English. I would have a card with some words. Yeah. They would read it, and then I would read it in in their language. That's awesome. yeah and so that was good a good way to meet people. but yeah, I spend a lot of time meeting people and then at dinner time I usually eat with we to, uh, one of the neighbors uh, usually one neighbor I would uh, I would eat with them and I would pay them on a regular basis for food and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, to help buy food for the house right and uh, but every every day every, once a week I would be, Speaking in one of the churches mm-hmm. uh, and uh and I would speak some in their language, and also they would do some translation, yeah right yeah, so, so a uh a lot of relationship building a lot of relationship, yeah, I would spend most of the uh most of the afternoons and early evenings uh working focusing on relationships, mm-hmm. maybe doing English conversation classes or just visiting homes and uh, just getting to know people. Mm. Uh, I found that uh, everybody likes uh, talking about uh, things that they're interested in. So I usually yeah. ask them questions about themselves, find out what interests them, and ask them questions about it, mm-hmm. get to know them. Uh, and then once they they trust me enough, they get to know me, then I say, hey, can I tell you about my life? Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I tell them my life story about my wrestling, how I was a wrestler, and mm-hmm. how when I was in college, uh, I accepted Jesus Christ. He changed my life. And they love hearing the story. In fact, it's amazing. Wrestling is kind of popular around Asia. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's more popular than America. Huh. Like, they love the WWE.
0: <laughs>
1: they, do, they know the Roman Reigns. And, yeah, I can't it.
0: stand WWE. <laughs> I cannot stand it. I love MMA. Like mix, UFC MMA like that stuff that's I love that well I'm going
1: this weekend I'm going actually to
0: a UFC fight no which
1: fight yeah it's in Bowling, uh, Bowling Green Kentucky I'm okay. going this weekend yeah I met a I met a I was on a, a bus mm-hmm. uh, going to pick up a car for my family and I met a guy from Mexico yeah that was in UFC really and he told me he was going to be doing a fight in a couple months and then it's going to be this weekend
0: who do you, do you know his name?
1: Uh yeah, he's not he's not uh that popular. Right. But uh yeah, his name is uh let's see, I got it brought
0: here Oh man, I'm in the land of the free, so I can actually go to one of these sometime.
1: Let's see. It's Alejandro Alantro Guzma.
0: Doesn't ring a bell. But uh let's see. Where is he? Alondra Guzman, yeah,
1: yeah, he's just starting, so he's not, uh, yeah. he's not famous yet.
0: But he's he's one of the he's one of the he's on the card. He who's going to yes. be fighting. Yes, yes. Very we cool.
1: we had a very good conversation. Yeah. I told him a, about my life story. He really liked it. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him. We've been communicating on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so there's cool. a co- another student that's going to be going down with me. Cool. Yeah, and you're how, welcome to go. How, uh, <laughs> dude, don't tempt me, man.
0: Um, how far is it? How far drive is it? It's about a two-hour drive. It's ah, little, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Oh, it's fine. We'll connect on that. I'm, maybe I'll come with. That sounds fun, <laughs> dude. Um, yeah, I love. I, I've never been to a UFC event. I haven't either. So I, I want to go to at least one, yeah. you know. But I, mean, I know wrestling I, wrestling is not a nah, – it's a pretty significant component of, of UFC. And wrestlers, like, wrestling is brutally difficult. Like, maybe even cla- a class above a lot of the other martial arts. Like, it, it takes a huge toll on, on your body. It's really hard. And the training regimes that you guys go through is very, very difficult. Um, we were just talking about uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Who's the guy? Who's the, uh, he's a really, he's a black dude. He's a really, really, really prolific wrestler. He, was in, he won a few golds at, uh, recently at, at different Olympics. What's his name? Do you know who I'm talking about? Well, Jordan Burroughs. That's it, Jordan Burroughs. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. I listened to a good podcast with him, just just him talking about wrestling and and wrestling in the Olympics and stuff.
1: Yeah, the Olympic team actually this year did very well. Yeah, uh, Gable Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the gold medal.
0: Did you see that match? No, I I didn't. I barely paid attention to the Olympics yeah. this year. I want to go look it up. Wrestling's like. It's very cool stuff. He was
1: down by three points with 13 seconds to go. Okay. And he got two takedowns. He took the guy down, got two points. He let him up, and then he took him down again at the buzzer, and he won the gold medal. Really? And he did a backflip yeah. t- at the end of the match a- yeah. after
0: the match was over. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, kind of going back to, I don't know if you knew this, um, I filmed a documentary a few, few years ago and the focus of the documentary was on this idea of using your 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 hobbies, your talents, your skills, the things you love to build relationship with people and use that as a vehicle to share the gospel. And it sounds like you know that's that's been really a big part of your witness is the fact that you've you've done wrestling, you're passionate about wrestling and that and, and so when other people are too Frick, you can have a conversation about that for an hour, and you can build a relationship with someone really fast over something that you both love and both value, right? That's so true. Finding
1: a common ground, finding something that uh, that both people are interested in, and uh, like I said, in in the Asia, people really like wrestling. What I'll do is sometimes when I go into a vi- village, I'll, I'll I'll look at somebody maybe maybe the biggest guy, and I say, hey. Uh, can I show y'all a wrestling move and, and I'll ask them hey can I show can we can we perform no, a wrestling really <laughs> and they love it they start laughing nobody wants to go nobody wants to volunteer yeah but usually there will be somebody that I'll bring someone will come from the crowd and I'll do a, an arm drag on them you know okay. it's a real simple move uh, and uh, they love it they start laughing then I teach it to them okay. and then they do it to me and and uh
0: who would have thought that wrestling could be a way to share the gospel?
1: Yeah, it's and it's well. The first trip to this country, I, I, the one of the guys, uh, one of the pastors was a kickboxer.
0: Okay. Like and, uh, like Muay Thai or uh, or just kickboxing?
1: Just kickboxing, like more like um, what they do in Thailand. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Muay Thai. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so. Uh, we did a we did a match, really? Yeah, his country against America. <laughs> we dressed up in outfits, <laughs> and he it was him against me. Yeah, and we had a big crowd, and uh, probably uh, probably about seventy people, and uh, they were laughing, pulling for us, and I won. I won the match, and after that, I got to share my life story about how uh, uh, Jesus changed my life, and yet, but. The funny thing is the next time I went to that country, when I got there, he said, you won last match. Uh-huh. This match, I win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we did the same thing again and, and had the same good results. Nice. And, uh, so, yeah, anyway, uh, there's different ways. This English conversation is a big way mm-hmm. you can connect with uh, people from other countries because English is so popular yeah and you can actually I actually uh another thing benefit of the Samaria student gave me these Bible studies for uh, the Asian cultures, and I took those Bible studies and actually converted them into English conversation classes, really where we ask questions about different verses and they have to answer in English, yeah and so you build a conversation and I help them learn how to uh, uh, pronunciate how to Help them with their vocabulary, uh-huh. and uh, and I, uh, we've had classes up to uh, sixty. Uh, one one city I was in, we had seven classes, with about five to six people in each class, yeah. and up to about sixty people for the whole the whole enrollment. Really? Yeah, and it's and you go through the whole from the beginning, creation all the way to Jesus Christ till the end of the book of Acts. and uh, Crazy. It's, it's, it's great, you know. Yeah. But we have an open door, you know. With yeah. English, we have a big open door. Huge. To, yeah. Right. But also, like you said, finding a common ground, even uh, skills you have. Uh, you know, one thing I saw, on, uh, some people uh, in these countries in Asia, they go in and they teach them how to uh, do farming they teach them how to do uh, sewing. Yeah. They, they buy, help them buy sewing machines. and They, they teach sewing. Mm-hmm. And they teach skills to the people. And then also they share the gospel through those times. You know? Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I, I encourage, uh, if you're going on a mission trip, think of the skills you have and see how you can use those in yeah. the other countries.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've... Uh, yeah, we've had we've back home we've sent a few mission trips, and that's pr- primarily what they do is they'll build, um, either maybe they'll have an orphanage or housing that needs to be built, and they'll they'll do some work there, which is which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I've done um, that. Uh, my son and I helped uh, a ch- church was uh, doing some uh, add-ons to their church, and mm-hmm. we helped them yeah. uh, in Croatia. Okay, yeah, that was that was a great time. Yeah, and actually our church in uh, Nicaragua helped build a, a pastor's the same. Places we were going in, into Nicaragua. They had a, a building mission trip. Yeah. They did, we had three types of trips. We had the uh, uh, medical mission trip. Mm-hmm. We had the building mission trips. And then we had what we call the evangelism mission trips where we would go into schools. And I had the privilege of doing several of those, the uh, evangelism trip and also the uh, the medical. I never did a building with my church, but I did it with my son. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are those are really awesome. Um, it's definitely it's it's a complex thing to think about too, because I know sometimes missions has hurt local cultures by going in, kind of stampeding through. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yeah. it's it's just there's a book that I read called When Helping Hurts. That was like a really good book for me to read to kind of open my eyes to some of the ways that missions can be hard, can be like damaging to the local culture. But also serving, doing opportunities to share the gospels, phenomenal, right?
1: Yeah, I like. I I really like taking the time. Uh, I don't like to bounce around a lot when I'm on the mission field mm-hmm. too much. I like to be in an area for at least a month or two months with the same people, right. reaching out to the same people, and that gives you time to build those relationships. Mm and uh, to share the gospel and even to disciple some people that, that accept Jesus Christ, you yeah. know, and help them get uh, accustomed to going to church and, uh, yeah. and growing in their faith. Yeah. You
0: know? what, uh, what percentage of this country is Christian? Do you know?
1: Oh, it's, uh, it's less than uh, 5%. Okay, less yeah. than 5%. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So you, I, I presume you do some, you, or like what well, you've been talking about, some of the um, conversations you have with like pastors and leaders in this church. Is that, a, is that a big part of like training? Like, where do these guys get their uh, their education, theological education from? Well, you know, in these countries they
1: do have uh, Bible colleges, but when you when you say Bible college, you're not, it's it's totally different. It, it could be like a Bible college in a in a church building. Right you know it could be thirty people gathering, and they gather every two days hmm. every month, and they get teaching all day, yeah uh but they do have some some campuses where they have people that uh, places where people can live and and they uh they take classes and stuff yeah. like that, but a lot of the bible colleges are very small hmm. and uh some of the people that are teaching in these Bible colleges, uh, they don't have a doctorate. They may have an MDiv, yeah, uh, or they may not even have an MDiv, but they're you know they're teaching there. And uh, some of the people in this country go to other countries to get their education, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they come back. Yeah. So uh, they, they there is a big need for teachers mm. to go to other countries and to teach in Bible colleges. Uh, there is a big need for that, yeah, and so uh I know I have a friend in uh in the country of Indonesia, and they 're always uh asking for you know teachers to come over and teach mm. and I hear that it 's the same in Africa, yeah, you know that they 're wanting people to, teachers to come there and teach in their bible colleges, so uh
0: definitely, yeah, uh, sounds like a huge need. I can also imagine that would be really rewarding for someone um to go and and just sit with a bunch of of men and teach and knowing that if if you you do your job well and god's god's working with that then they can go and spread that and 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 like and you know and teach their congregation right yes yes awesome like that's so cool
1: yes that's what i see part of my role is too is uh we have uh, teams. We're we're get hoping a team's going to come next year from my my local church, and a lot of those people that are coming are teachers. So I want to get them involved in teaching when they come yeah. over. What's your, which What's what church do you go to? It's a uh, Forest Park. Okay. Yeah, Forest Park and uh, yeah, in the Fern Creek area. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Cool. Very cool.
1: But one thing I, I do want to encourage everyone is uh is to take that step. You know, one thing that God one of his main things is to lead us, mm-hmm. to lead us, and to guide us. Uh, we don't. A lot of times, we don't see the whole picture. But if you take that step, when I took that step to move to that apartment close to U of L, when that happened, all so many doors opened up for me. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know that I was going to be meeting people from the uh, country, and I didn't know they were going to invite me to their weddings, and I was going to meet a bunch of pastors. Right when I got there. And then God was going to call me to this country, but taking that step to move that apartment to reach out to the the people in my city, yeah, it led to overseas missions yeah and so I, yeah. and I want to encourage the older people you know to to consider doing ministry during your re- retirement years to pray about that uh, if you m- many of you all have heard of John Piper and he has a message called. Seashells. Yep. It's a message that I believe is a very prophetic message that, that spoke to many hearts of people and, and it called them to missions. He says, What are you gonna do with your life? Don't waste your life. He talked about people retiring and going to Florida and collecting seashells mm-hmm. and uh just saying that's what their whole day is involved in.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh and he was just saying, Don't waste your life, you know, uh, he, then he gave examples of people that with their, their uh, retirement years were on the mission field and mm-hmm. how God has used them in a great way. And so uh, I encourage you uh, uh, with your retirement years to, to get involved in, in missions. You know, there's a great need. Totally.
0: Totally. Because how old are you right now? I'm uh, 63 years old. 63. You don't look it. <laughs> you look in wonderful, uh, wonderful shape. Thank you. <laughs> well, I see you in the gym all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, I've always
1: wanted, uh, you know, sports has been staying in shape is like a hobby for me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it keeps me, uh, it's so, there's so many benefits to uh, exercise.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what, uh, it's, it's interesting. That's what, I was at Cross Conference um, a couple of years ago, I suppose. And uh, it's one thing that, that some of the missionaries stressed a lot They're like, real talk, a lot of these hard-to-reach places are legitimately hard to reach. You'll do a lot of walking. You've got to carry stuff. Just being fit, being able to take care of yourself is a huge asset, depending on where you go. But it can be really, really important to take care of yourself and and to be, you know, it's different for every person, but at least for as much as you are capable, be fit, right? Be fit. It gives you
1: more opportunities more uh you you you're not tired you're able to do more yep. and uh, if you're i mean you can see during this pandemic a lot of people that that uh, were concerned were those people that were not in shape you know yep. and a lot of people that weren't in shape got in shape yeah. because uh, you know it just it's just uh, if you're fit uh, you're less uh, you have a less Less of a chance to get sick. Yeah. You're stronger. You can, uh, you know, uh, you can do more. You know, yeah. for the gospel, and yeah. uh, and it it fights against uh, tension, stress, and. Uh, yep. There's so many benefits. Yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah, it's just kind of a. It's, it's just, you know, it's not the only part of. It. It's it's just one part of the conversation of what it means to to be a faithful Christian. That I don't know if it gets talked about as much, but taking care of yourself. Being being healthy, just it, it just it, it becomes a helpful thing in so many other areas, right? Yes, yes. And yes. I think particularly in, in foreign missions, depending on you know, depending. It's on the true,
1: context. you know. We had a team. Uh, we had a team go up to New York, and there were several people that, uh, that when we did all the walking in New York, they were just too tired. They they mm. could they had to they had to go back to the hotel room. They were just too tired, you know. Yeah. And so. Uh, that was uh, that was a a limiting factor. Yeah. You know, was their ability, their uh, their physical fitness. You know, mm-hmm. became a limiting factor.
0: Yeah, not that God can't use you know use us in our weakness and different <laughs> states, right? But that's true. That's true. It's all part of the balance of trying to have, navigate these conversations well, right? And what's really cool is that you know there's you know we have the blessing of a theological education here. And some people don't get that to the extent that we do but are doing really faithful work in, like, the country that you're in. Or maybe, they, you know, they don't have access or the time or the luxury to spend three years like I can just just soaking in, the, uh, you know, theology, you know, languages, stuff like that. But they're working hard. They're doing gospel work.
1: They are, and they're such a blessing. Uh, you go into their churches, and uh, they're worshiping God, and you just see their are pure heart, their desire, they're just uh their trust and their their simple mm-hmm. faith. Yeah. You know, it's just so inspiring. So inspiring to go in these churches overseas. Yeah. And uh, some of the some of these people are going through persecution. A lot of them are going through persecution. And so you see uh you see these people <clears throat> they, they have a strong faith. Yeah. Strong faith in God and a strong commitment yeah. you know, to
0: the Lord. What's the main pushback? To Christianity that you will find in your country.
1: Uh, well, it's their their culture, you know. Their culture. They've been they've been living this way for so many years, mm. and uh, their families have been living this way. Yeah, this is our life, you know. And uh, when you talk about uh, becoming a Christian, it would change everything, yeah. as far as. The way they do their their living, you know and uh and that means a lot of times uh it could mean their family may uh, their family will say well if, if you become a Christian, you're no longer part of our family yeah. you know and that and that happens and uh, but a lot of times uh there's a few people that that I know that's happened to, but over time. Uh, as they show love and as they show uh, they tr- they keep those relationships uh, especially when they start having kids and stuff that they they uh, you know the families uh, they welcome them back even though if they don't uh, become become a Christian you know, right. they, still, they welcome them back into the
0: family yeah yeah that's something um, as i'm I'm having more and more conversations with missionaries. Something I'm realizing is a huge difference between, I'll say an immigrant culture, North America, right? Um, I mean, parts of North America. Most of us came here a few generations ago, right? From, from yes, Europe or somewhere, yes. right? Um, is very different than a culture that has been homogenous, has been the same for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It's a conversation, like, I've been having. The girl I, I just had a, a conversation with now, she's a, a girl from Japan. Um, we were just talking a little bit even after the mics were turned off about, like, Japan has been Japanese for, like, s- like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years longer than the United States has been a country, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so the, the, it's kind of like what you're talking about, the way these... Um, populations have been have been for so long whereas we don't have america doesn't have a culture we're so like we're all over the place Mm -hmm. i could be standing in line and there could be a a, you know a girl from singapore behind me and a girl from jamaica behind her right and you just cultures bump and, and we have this sort of independence that lets that it's just more common for people to you can have friends from different persuasions family members will go work different jobs with different cultures it's a lot more difficult to bring a radically new way of life to a culture that's a lot more similar to each other. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and can you confirm or like add new? Uh, to oh that? yeah, that? yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, sometimes you'll share with someone about Christianity, and then they'll they'll even bring up, uh, "Well, how old is this?" You know, because they they uh, you know they know their religions very old, right? And their culture is very old and uh yeah they they say they recognize it, oh, that's good, and then we have our way, you know, this is a way, and right. then it's like they're expected to always follow the family. That's why it's so important uh when you're reaching out to people is to talk to the parents, you know, yeah Interesting. Not, like when i'm when I'm meeting uh young people, I like to meet their parents mm. because in their culture, you know, especially the father. You know, is the leader, and uh, and the, it's all community. But he's the, he's the, the head, the leader. And so, you, it, if you can get the leader to follow Jesus Christ, uh, then the, it's, you're going to have a good chance that all the other ones will follow.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's so. <clears throat> I mean, that's such a that's so interesting to me because obviously in the West we don't follow that model yeah. hardly at all, right? <laughs> And, um, yeah, man. And, and what's interesting is that was, you know, that kind of culture is far more like the New Testament, certainly the Old Testament, like context, right? That's, what, that's the kind of family situations that were common back in that, you know, time period.
1: Yeah, you can see in so, the Book of Acts, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Philippian uh, jailer, when yep. he... It said that he believed, and then his whole family
0: yep. don't believe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's definitely hard to, <laughs> to, to kind of some translate some of the biblical norms into our very western, uh, western context. But you know, God is a god of Jews and Gentiles, so and we all fit into the Gentile category. So thank thank goodness <laughs> for that.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. I don't know. What do you say? Any other? Any other? thoughts i've really enjoyed this conversation this has been very interesting oh thank you and thank encouraging you. too right yeah I yeah hope, i hope people are encouraged by this
1: yeah yeah it's uh and leaving it with you know god will cause all things to work together for the good for mm. those who love him and i just want to encourage you uh anyone out there that uh to keep uh to follow god take that next step take that next step if you're going uh uh, if you have a heart for missions, look around you and and uh, start reaching out to the internationals in your city. Yeah, and
0: uh, I think that that's that's a really good piece of advice because that's accessible for a lot of people, right? There, yeah, there are internationals at whatever campus is closest to you that exists. There, there are a group of people who are right there, and that's if you're interested in missions. That's a great place to start. Start. Making genuine friends from a culture completely different to yours.
1: Yeah, and it's a good way to see if you really, uh, if it is God's plan for you to go on, on the mission field mm. to go to another country. It's a good way to confirm that. You know, if if you can do missions locally with people from other countries, then uh, you're gonna you're gonna see that you will you have a good chance that you can do it in another country. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So. It's uh, it's been a great journey for me. Uh, like I said, it, it didn't happen overnight. You can see it happened over, wow, we talked about, oh, I guess uh, 30 years of history, 30 or 40 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With From international students when I was in college all the way to uh, meeting people from the country I'm serving and going to weddings and then meeting people and then being on the mission field.
0: Crazy. Yeah,
1: I hope to be back on the mission field. I'm going to graduate and Uh, my plan is to get back to the mission field as soon as possible.
0: Beauty, beauty. Man, it's been great chatting with you. Thank you for this. You're welcome. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this podcast's conversation. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and sharing and all that jazz. It's immensely helpful. I'm all about having meaningful, interesting conversations. So if you know of someone I should talk to, hit me up on Instagram at itsthevalk. Have a good one, guys.